Amen. <coughs> the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Just tell your neighbor, I'm glad to see you in church on a Sunday. Amen. I just want to share something with you. It's along the lines of what we shared, we started last week about faith, the fact that faith works. But I want you to look at this, that even when you face challenges, you need to look at your challenges as an opportunity to see God at work. Let me repeat. I want you to have this attitude that even when you face challenges, see those challenges as an opportunity to see God at work. Amen. You need to have an attitude that adversities are there to be defeated. You need to have an attitude that problems are there to be solved. You need to have an attitude that diseases are there to be healed. Whatever mountains that you are facing, the Lord is mighty in battle. So the song that we're singing here, actually it was sung by Miriam in the book of Exodus 15. It was after the children of Israel were very much, they were afraid of the Egyptians that were chasing them. Behind them were their enemies on the sides, were the mountains, they couldn't go anywhere. In front of them was the Red Sea. So they had reached a cul-de-sac. Have you ever reached a cul-de-sac in your life? Where you don't know which way to go. You can't go left, you can't go right, you can't go ahead, you can't go back. And when they were there, the Lord showed himself to be mighty in battle. And he is your God. So it doesn't matter what is surrounding you. Your God is mighty in battle. Your God is great in battle. And actually it's because in this world, even things that are rightfully yours, the enemy will try to block them from you. Things that you rightfully deserve because you are a child of God, the enemy will block them from you. So let's start with that First Corinthians chapter 16.9. We read it last week in the message translation. So that you may know that even when opportunities are there in front of you, there will be a lot of opposition to stop you from inheriting your promises. So when you are challenged, when the enemy is coming against you, just know that there is a greater purpose in your life that the enemy wants to block. Amen. So Mr. MJ, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9 message. Okay. It says, a huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. But there is also mushrooming oppositions. So in other words, when I've got all these opportunities ahead of me, don't be amazed when you see oppositions mushrooming. To block you from receiving your promises. Even the children of Israel, after God told them about the promised land, do you know that there were the Anakims and the giants guarding their cities that you can't get in here? And I need you as a child of God to have, today I want us to talk about the spirit of faith, which is the attitude, the winning attitude. You can either call it the winning attitude, you call it the spirit of faith. But a person who has got a winning attitude sees challenges as opportunities to exercise your authority. Amen? But a person who has a defeated attitude runs away from challenges. You remember when the Philistines came against the Israelites? David was there, he heard. David actually just came there because he wanted to visit his brothers. 
Then he found all these soldiers being afraid of the Philistines. And Goliath was threatening them. They were so afraid. But David had a different attitude. That's what I call the winning attitude. That's what I call the spirit of faith. That when everybody else was running away from the challenge, what did David say? You remember they were saying, no, this man is here, he's defying the armies of Israel and all that. And they were so scared of Goliath, but they were soldiers. David wasn't a soldier, but look at his attitude. He says, what shall be given unto a man who kills these Philistines and take away the reproach from Israel? And David even said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of a bear and a lion is the same God that will deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Amen. So I want to ask you, any of you who's a child of God, you've got a testimony. You know what God has done for you in the past. Amen. And you need to tell your problem, the Lord will do it again. Amen. You were defeated then and you will be defeated again now. That's a winning attitude. Actually, when I think about the winning attitude, there were these words, I want to quote them. They said there was this general, he was one of the general of the United States Army. They called him George Patton. They said he said to the USA Army one time, addressing the troops, and I like this. So he was talking to the guys. He said, some of you men here have come with minds made up to die for your country. But that's not how you win a war. You win a war by making your, you don't, you don't win a war by dying. You win a war by making your enemies die for their country. I thought I liked that. <laughs> because usually people say, no, we are prepared to die for your country. That's not how to win a war. You win a war by making the enemy die for theirs. Amen. That's how you win a war. Amen. So I thought I liked that attitude. That's why even as children of God, we need to know that we are also engaged in a fight. But our fight is not against flesh and blood, Amen. but it's against principalities, against the forces of darkness that are arrayed against us. So First Peter, First Timothy chapter 6, Verse 12, I want to show you the kind of, faith, uh, of fight <clears throat> that you as a child of God should be involved in. It's not your fight to fight with people. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Do you know that people who don't have faith, they are very good at fighting with people physically? People who don't have faith, who don't know verses, they quote gossips. Have you noticed that? A person who's full of the word oozes the word out. A person who doesn't have the word, all they can give out is gossips. So, 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. So other fights are not good. There's one fight called a good fight. Which one is that one? The fight of faith. And your attitude should be, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a winner. Whatever I go through, I win. Yeah. I've got a winning attitude. It doesn't mean that the enemy will not keep on attacking. He will even try to attack you even more for your attitude. Mm. But you've got to hold in there and say, I'm still standing. Amen. That's why the scripture we read last week, it says, Having done all to stand, stand, stand therefore. Amen. Keep on standing, even when it seems like things are tough. Because Romans chapter 8, 37 to 39, New King James Version, he was listening, Paul was listing a lot of things that come against us as challenges. I know even when we are seated here, 
we've got challenges that we are facing. Because when opportunities are there, mushrooming, the, 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 the challenges will, oppositions will mushroom. But look at Romans 8, 37 to 39, New King James Version. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Can you tell your neighbor, I am more than a conqueror? And he doesn't only say we are more than conquerors. He said, yet in all these things. So ask your neighbor, what are you going through? In all those things, you are more than a conqueror. You are destined to win. Amen. In other words, you are condemned to victory. Amen. You are condemned to victory. Victory is your portion. With all those challenges. Then verse 38, he says, for I am persuaded. So if you have to be a winning Christian, you have to be persuaded. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our God. Amen. So in other words, I'm persuaded that whatever the enemy throws at me, will never separate me from the love of God because I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. And the good thing is that God has already given us the victory. If you go with me to the book of John 16:33, I'm picking verses a little bit quick because we've got two other things that we need to do after the preaching today. John 16:33, Amplified Classic. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. You know that there are some Christians who only know that. Even Jesus said in the world, we shall have trials and tribulation. Brethren, let's just go through these trials and tribulation. But Jesus did not end there. I like to live after a bat. So they can tell me, you will face a lot of challenges. But I want to hear, is that the end? Is there a full stop? In the verse that we're going to read, there wasn't a full stop there. So I can't stop there. So he says, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. Amen. I have deprived it of power to harm you. And I've conquered it for you. Amen. So it means even if in the world I will face tribulation, I will face challenges, I will face distress, I will face turmoil. It's not the end of the game. It's not over until I win. It's like, I used to like boxing when I grew up. I used to like watching boxing. So in boxing, you are not defeated unless you are either knocked out or you, you lose by points. So if you are still there and they knock you down, and you stand again. You are not defeated. If you are there and they hit you and then you, you swell, you're still not defeated. That's just, a swelling is just an evidence that you were fighting. So it doesn't matter what scars you may suffer in the battle. It's just a scar. You need to tell them it's just an evidence that I was in a battle. But I'm more than a conqueror. I'm a winner. So he says, Jesus says he has overcome the world. He has given us power also to overcome the world. By the way, do you know that Last week I shared with you that when we say nothing is impossible with God, we all say, yes, nothing is impossible with God. 
But the Bible, Jesus says in Mark 9.23, he says, but all things are possible to him who believes. So it means even to me who believe, all things are supposed to be possible. That's according to Jesus. So even again, the same way, when we say Jesus has overcome the world, do you know that you also have overcome the world? As a child of God, do you know that you also have overcome the world? Do you know that you are more than a conqueror? <clears throat> Why? First John chapter 5. 4 and 5 in the, New King James, in the New King James Version. Yeah, I think we need to zoom a bit on this one because it's the same with the one I asked you about when it says all things are possible to him who believes and I said it's talking about you. Now even this one, rather than just saying that Jesus has overcome the world, which is good, he did that for us. But we also overcome the world. 1 John 5, 4 and 5, New King James Version says, For whatever is born of God, does what? Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What's our victory? Our faith. Do you have faith? Ask your neighbor, do you have faith? <clears throat> then you can overcome the world. Because when you have faith, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you. You can overcome because you have the winning spirit. Let me not say the winning genes because, okay. When you are born, let me give you a simple example. Do you know why a horse is fast? Hmm? A horse is fast. Why? Because he's got the genes of a horse. He's got fast genes. So when you are born of God, you've got the nature of God in you. You have something in you that makes you not a quitter. You keep on going on because when God is in you, you are more than a conqueror. The other time I gave an example of a plastic ball. How many of you know a plastic ball? Plastic ball full of air. If you throw a plastic ball full of air and you press it down in water, press it down, press it down, it gets into water. But the moment you move up, what happens to the plastic ball? It comes up. There's, there's something in that plastic ball that says, I can't stay down there. But what, do you know what you must do if you want that plastic ball to remain down there? Poke it and let it lose the air. So for you as a child of God, as long as Jesus is in you, you are undefeatable. Okay? Whether that's the right English term or not, but you are undefeatable. Amen. Amen. Because there is something in you that doesn't allow you to stay on the floor. So in boxing, if they knock you down and you stand again, you are still not defeated. You only get defeated when you are knocked out. So it doesn't matter how many challenges or how many times you have fallen. The Bible says, the righteous man falls several times, but he always stands up. In other words, I will dust off the dust and stand again. It's not over until I win. That's the winning attitude. And it's because in this, we don't fight on our own. The Lord fights for us. Actually, do you know that if you are a, an enemy to me and you want to attack me, do you know that the Lord is on my side and he fights for me? You remember when Saul was persecuting the one who later was called Saul, he, Paul. 
He was persecuting the church of God. You remember after he was struck with the lightning, what the word said. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? I want, you, I want to know if you know your Bible. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting? Me. But was Saul persecuting the Lord or was he persecuting the church of God? He was persecuting you and I. But according to the Lord, when you touch those, you are touching me. He says, I'm an apple of his eye. When you touch me, you are touching a treasure of God. And God will fight for me. That's why if you look at Exodus 23, 22, I like this one. In the New King James Version. Exodus 23, 22. Look at how the Lord commits himself to be on your side. How the Lord commits himself to fight for you. So that then you might know that even when I'm facing challenges, my God will fight for me. Sometimes you feel you are weak. You've done everything you can and now you feel like quitting. Have you come to that point sometime? You thought, I've tried all, I've done all this and I've done this and I don't know what else to do. When you are weak, the strength of the Lord will be manifested in you. The Bible says there was a time when Paul... <coughs> had this thorn in the flesh and he prayed to the Lord three times saying, Lord, remove this thorn. The Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. And Paul says, even when I'm weak, then I am strong because my strength is in God. Even when I feel like I don't know what else to do, God always comes through for me. <clears throat> so Exodus 23:22 in the New King James Version says, <clears throat> But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, what will happen? Then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. That's why as for me, I don't try and look around who's against me, who's gossiping about me, who's saying what. You can say anything you say. It's got nothing to do with, it doesn't affect my destiny. My destiny is sorted with my God. Amen. But those of you who are very good at following gossips, you try to, uh, to pull things together. Yeah, that one, actually that one was there. That one said that. How would it look like if you were just saying, oh, by the way, there's also that scripture in Matthew. Oh, actually 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Why don't you deal with things like that? Yours is only to quote people. You don't know verses to quote. And you cannot win by quoting people. Because God is only watching over his word to fulfill it. And I want you to look at this. <clears throat> when we are talking about the spirit of faith today, I want you to know that as a child of God, you don't use faith as an emergency exit. Tell your neighbor, don't use faith as an emergency exit. Faith should be your way of life. You see, because some of us, we have to come to that point where we say, no, things are tough now. Now I have to exercise my faith. You're supposed to live by faith all the time. So Romans 1, <clears throat> 16 to 17 in New King James Version. Romans 1, 16 to 17 in New King James Version says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. In other words, the word of God is the power of God. To save everyone who believes. Tell your neighbor the word of God. Is the power of God. 
So it means when I hold the word, I hold the power. For the Jew first and also for the Greek, verse 70. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from <coughs> faith to <coughs> faith. Why does it say from faith to faith? Okay. When you got born again, you got born again by faith. Yes, you had faith. For you to accept Jesus, you had to have faith. Now, the faith that you use to accept Jesus, you need to use the same faith to live the life of faith. So then he says, the just shall live by faith. So it means faith should be my way of life. I always have to have the attitude of God. I always have to have the winning attitude. I always have to know that God is on my side. And God will do things for me. And when you have that attitude, actually you start knowing the power that you have. You know the power of words. Okay, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 8. <clears throat> Verse 5 to 13. I want to look at this man because usually when we give examples, I always want when we study faith, we look at other people, we look at how other people did it. So that it's not just theory, but it's something that people can exercise here on the earth. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 13. So last week, when we were talking about faith works, Jesus said, it doesn't matter the size of your faith. If you use it, it can move mountains. You remember that? Yeah. So it means start where you are and exercise your faith. Last week I told you, use your faith like people who are exercising. You build your muscle by exercising more and more. And when you have managed to carry this weight, next week you will carry a weight heavier than that. Which means even in your faith life, when there is an ailment, illness coming, the devil attacking you with that one, exercise for your faith. And see God giving you victory there. So that when the enemy comes with another weight heavier than that, you already know how to use faith. Amen. So look at this. I like this one. Because this man was not even an Israelite. I don't even know if he was in church. But I want to show you, <laughs> he surprised Jesus with his faith. And I want you to have an, a faith like this. You have to have this kind of attitude. So now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Did you hear that? So this man comes to Jesus and says, my son, my, my servant is at home, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. That was a good deal, isn't it? But look at the man of faith. The centurion answered and said to Jesus, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Look at that faith. So he says, you don't even need to come under my roof. Your word is powerful enough that when it is spoken, it can go far. <clears throat> I do that. Actually, my father is still alive and sometimes he would say, just send a word. Just send a word. Speak a word over my life. So you can send a word. That's why Psalms 107 verse 20, it says, 107 verse 20, it says, 
he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So as the Lord sends his word, you can also send the word of God in your situations. You can speak a word. But I want you to look at this, this man. And I'm going to, I think the other time I demonstrated this, for the sake of those who were not there when I demonstrated, I will demonstrate it again. He says, speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another one, come, and he comes. <clears throat> and to my servant, do this, and he does it. <clears throat> Let me practice it. Dr. Makado, come. Okay, did I pull him? Huh? Did I pull him? What did I use? The word. So now I want to ask you a question. Do you think if there was a little child there at the back says, Dr. Makado, come, would he have gone? No, because they don't have authority. I do. <laughs> so, so when I say come, he comes. This is what this man is saying. You just speak a word and you will be respected. So go and sit. Amen. Amen. Do you see the power of word? Imagine now if I were to go and try and pull him. Come, come. And after that, push, push him. It will depend on who's got more strength. Yeah. But when I use authority, yeah. I don't have to have more strength. I don't have to have muscles. Yeah. Amen. It's like a traffic officer. It doesn't matter the size of a traffic officer. If he does this, you stop. And he says this. Even if you have a big truck. So it's authority. So as a child of God, you need to have the authority like this man. He says, when I've got soldiers, I just say to this one, come, and he comes. I say to that one, go, and he goes. So even you, Jesus, you can just say to sickness, go, Amen. and it will go. Amen. 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 Last week, again, when we were sharing about when it says faith, God calls things that be not as though they were. We said, you can call things into being. So start calling your blessings. Amen. Amen. Start calling healing. Yes. Start calling prosperity. Yes. And start telling poverty, go. Start telling sickness, go in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's what this man was saying. He said, I tell them when I say come, he comes. When I say go, he goes. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who follow him, I shortly I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So he was saying, this man is not even an Israelite, but look at the kind of faith. Jesus likes it when we exercise faith. Amen? And verse 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. As you have believed, so let it be done for you. This is faith. So, <clears throat> I want to pick an example of two people that I like in the Old Testament. So, if I had a, a character in the Old Testament that I could equate myself with, or somebody that I looked up to, is Caleb and Joshua. I like their kind of faith. They did not go with the crowd. Amen? Amen? So when you exercise faith, you don't have to go with the crowd. You go with God. Amen. Because when you are with God, you have what it takes to win. Yes. It doesn't matter how many people are also siding with you. So Numbers 14.24. I like this one. Numbers 14.24, New King James Version. It's God speaking. 
and look at how God treasures faith and how God looks out for people with faith. You know the scripture that says, for the eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro upon the face of the earth. He's looking for those whose hearts are loyal toward him, that he may show himself strong on their behalf. Now, God found Caleb. What do you think? You remember the other time God said about Job? He said, have you seen my servant Job? There's no one like him in all the earth. He shuns evil and he follows me. Do you think God can also talk about you? So look at how he talks about Caleb. He says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit. What was that spirit? He had the spirit of faith. Because he had a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I'll bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So he had a different spirit because if you're going to look, let's go to Numbers 13. 26 to 33, New King James Version. I want to show you the kind of different spirit that he had. And I want you also to have the same spirit of faith. That you don't go with the crowd, you go with God. Tell your neighbor, don't go with the crowd. Go with God. So it means if God says something, even if other people, to them it doesn't make sense, I want to stick with God. Because God is watching over his word to fulfill it. And if you look at Numbers 13, <clears throat> 26 to 33, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Okay, so this was, <clears throat> like I told you that when God has given you a promise, the enemy will be there to guard and to oppose you from inheriting your promise. So even when the children of Israel were given that promise, there were the giants who were guarding those lands. Now, the spies when they came back, so there were 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel. Now listen to what they said. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Who had said that the land flows with milk and honey? God. He says, I'm taking you to the land that flows with milk and honey. So they say, surely it flows with milk and honey. It means what we were told is true. But look at what I don't like. You see, I don't like with people who start with faith and then put a but and go negative. Rather start with facts and put a but and go faith. Okay, I'm giving you the chronology. You can start with facts, put a but, and go faith. Don't start with faith. Look, they say, surely it flows with milk and honey. You would have thought, let's go for it. Isn't it? We spite the land. Surely it flows with milk and honey. Let's go for it. No, they don't say that. They said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea of Jordan. Now look at Caleb, who had a different spirit. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once. Yeah, you can't say the land flow with milk and honey, and now you tell us this negative. He says, let's go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. 
Tell your neighbor, yes, we can. Yes, we are well able. But look at the 10. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants. You see, there is no faith here. It's talking sight. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Ene came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so were we in their sight. Amen. So tell your neighbor, I don't have a grasshopper mentality. Because your attitude de determines your altitude. If you think you are a grasshopper, do you know that people who think they are grasshoppers or people who have got a low, we call it low self-esteem. You're passing the person and you didn't even see the person. And you didn't greet them. Ish, it's a trouble. They just say they are, they are Christians, but nobody even greets me and all that. And you know, they just look up to themselves there and we are nobodies here. It's because you see yourself like a grasshopper and you think we see you as a grasshopper. These people, how did they know that the giants were also seeing them like grasshoppers? Because they say, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. So when you feel like people are looking down upon you, you started by looking down upon yourself. Did you get this? So he says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. So can this liberate you? Nobody's looking down upon you. If you don't have a low self-esteem, if they didn't greet you, go and greet them. Yeah. Amen? If you don't have self low self-esteem, you know you are a child of God. You are a child of the key. Amen? So you then should not have this attitude of, who are we? People could do this, this. But if you look at Caleb and Joshua, they had a different spirit because they were embracing the word of God. So if you want to be different, you need to embrace the word. You need to stick with the word. So when they went to spy the land, <clears throat> let me show you in Joshua chapter 14, 6 to 12. I, wa I want to show you that when they want to spy the land, even though they were supposed to spy the land and use their sight, when they brought back the report, Caleb and Joshua did not walk by sight. They walked by faith. So it means even if I see the giants. Okay, let me give you the attitude of, of David. You remember David was also faced with the giant as you're going to Joshua 14. Joshua was faced with, uh, David was faced with the <coughs> giant. Do you know his name? <coughs> Goliath. So other people were afraid of the giant. And then there's this saying that for David, because he had the attitude of faith, when Goliath was very big, his attitude was, he's so big, I can't miss him. That's the attitude of faith. You see, when others are running away from, from Goliath because he's so big, to David, this is a big target I can't miss. That's a good attitude. So when somebody sees the same problem, somebody sees it as <clears throat> a problem, 
but you see it as an opportunity to see God at work. People put stumbling blocks on your way and you change those stumbling blocks into stepping stones. So people brought things to put you down with and actually they're just giving you an opportunity to go higher again. That's the attitude of faith. So look at Joshua and Caleb, why they had a different spirit. Joshua 14, 6 to 12. New King James Version. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, <clears throat> I want you to look at Caleb. He had a different spirit. But look at how he explains his spirit. He says, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses. What was he quoting? You know the word which the Lord said to Moses. So he wasn't quoting, quoting gossips. He says, you know the <clears throat> word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Okay, so I want you to ask your neighbor, did the Lord say something about you? Do you know the word that the Lord has spoken about you? The reason why you are defeated is because you don't know what God has said about you. God said you are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. God said you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, your Lord. God said, I formed a hedge around you to protect you and preserve you in all your ways. Now, Caleb says, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me. So there was a word spoken about us. And the word of God will not fall down to the ground. What does he say? He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Gadesh Barnea to spy out the land. So he's explaining that thing about the spy when they went to spy. He says, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Do you see what he brought back? He did not bring back what he saw. He brought back to Moses the word that was in his heart. So a person of faith speaks the word. Even when situations look different, even when your body is feeling pain, even when your body is feeling weak, you say, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Yes. Amen? Amen? Even when you are feeling like you are down and out, you say, the Lord is my strength. Even when you're feeling like quitting, you say quitting is not an option. God will help me. God will come through for me. As long as I have breath, I will keep on sticking with God. So he says, I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of people to melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Do you know there are people who, who will make your heart to melt? Be careful of who your friends are. There are people who have got a defeated mentality. They have got a victim's mentality. They are always looking at blaming their failures on other people. <clears throat> Those are not the people to stay close to because they will make your heart to melt. You need a Caleb and a Joshua who says, we are well able, let's go for it. Amen. Let's go for it, my brother. God is on our side. If God is for us, who can be against us? He says, I only followed the Lord my God. So, Moses saw on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's children forever. Because you have followed the Lord your God. Today we're going to have a baby dedication. So here now he starts talking about the land that you have trodden will be your inheritance and your children's inheritance. Do you know that when you are a man of faith, 
You build a legacy of faith that's not only just for you, but also for your children to come. Yeah. I remember there was one <coughs> man, yeah, in the early days of this church. This man, he always blamed his father for the condition of their family. Okay? So it means whatever the father did, that's why we are here today. Don't you think if you are a man of faith, people should blame you for the success in your family? Yeah, they should say, hey, we are succeeding because of, of this man of faith, man. This man, he actually started faith and he brought faith to this family. We are prayerful people. We are a family of faith. Amen. So that your bless, the blessings will be perpetuated even to generations to come. So he says, the land will be for, your, for you and the inheritance to your children. For you have followed the Lord my God. Amen. And then he continues talking what he was talking. So I want to say to you, we also have the same spirit of faith. I'm telling you about those people who used faith, but you also have the same spirit of faith. We have the same attitude of faith. We speak the word. We believe and we speak the word. So 2 Corinthians 4.13. <clears throat> then I'll use this one and then transition to the first part which is baby dedication. 2 Corinthians 4.13. So, I shared with you how David used his faith, the attitude that David had against Goliath. I shared with you the attitude that Caleb and Joshua had against their giants. This is just to encourage you that even when you are facing your own giants, you need to have the same spirit of faith. You need to have the same attitude of faith. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4.13, New King James Version. And since we have the same spirit of faith, ask your neighbor, do you have the same spirit of faith? So if you do, it says according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So the word of faith, the, the spirit of faith speaks what it believes. The spirit of faith speaks what God has said. The spirit of faith speaks the desired outcome. I believe we are all having things that we are trusting God for. And those things that you are trusting God for, speak them into being. Call them into being. You know how God created the heavens and the earth? <clears throat> he did the same principle that I just did with Dr. Macadon a few minutes ago. You know that when God created the heavens and the earth, he did not plant trees. Huh? He did not plant trees. Imagine how long it would have taken to plant trees all over the whole earth. He just said, Let's tree come up. He spoke to the ground, and then trees were. Then he just said, let there be light. And then there was light. Then he just said, let the waters move from one place to the other. And the waters moved to the sea. So he created everything by the power of his word. And that's why the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and nothing that was created was created without the word. 
everything that was created was created by the word. So you also, having the same spirit of faith, may you create your own world. May you create your own destiny. Psalms 45 verse 1 in the NIV says, My heart is stirred up with a noble theme. And I'm going to recite. So my, my tongue is like a pen of a skillful writer. So in other words, you need to speak your destiny. You need to speak things into being. The book of Mark 9 says, Mark 11, he says, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. So do you, did you see the trick there? You don't have whatever people say, say about you. You will have what you say. So you need to be careful what you say about yourself. Amen. Amen. Yes. Speak victory in your life. Amen. Speak breakthrough in your life. Speak success in your life. Speak divine health in your life. Say, even when I'm weak, then I'm strong in the Lord. Amen? Because you're speaking with the same spirit of faith you believe and therefore you speak.